Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Brownsbridge Church podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Brownsbridge Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out more information about Brownsbridge Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, we kicked off this series last week, and uh, if you missed last week, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch week one, because these weeks are going to build on one another. But we're talking about this idea uh, of prayer, and uh, prayer, we said last week, can be a little bit awkward, um, that we can kind of act like a middle school boy who's asking the girl to dance for the very first time, and uh, we get real nervous, and we can make it all about the words. We overthink it rather than just going for it, uh, go, going for it. And uh, what we've been saying in this series so far is that uh, what, what Jesus teaches about it is that it's actually more than words. It's not just about the words we say, but that's our tendency. Our tendency as we begin to overthink what prayer is, is to make, uh, make a little bit, to put too much emphasis on the words that we say. And we can end up, we can end up making prayer a lot like a Mad Lib. Y'all remember these Mad Libs from growing up? Maybe your kids even currently do Mad Libs. It's where you just get, you know, specific types of words and then you plug them into an already written story and uh, it ends up being kind of comical or, a, you know, kind of a fun thing for, for kids to do. So because we have a tendency to do this with prayer, I thought we should start out today doing a Mad Lib. Could you guys help me out with that? This is going to require audience participation. Are you guys ready? Say yeah. Okay. So again, here's how it works. I'm gonna ask you for a type of word. You're gonna give it to me and it's gonna make one giant prayer for all of us today. Um, here we go. The first one, uh, a, a word that you would use to describe a king. Mighty, majesty, okay. Sorry guys, I started out with a really hard one. Okay, I promise they get easier from that. Y'all were like, what? what? Oh, okay. Um, a fast food dessert, your favorite fast food dessert. McDonald's apple pie. I don't know if that one's gonna work, but we'll use it, okay? So great. Uh, Okay, a a name of a jewelry store. K, K Jewelers, I like it. Every kiss begins with K. Um, All right, successful company. Coca-Cola. Gotcha. Very, uh, that's a, a, a very good Atlanta company there. Okay, um, a large form of transportation. Trains. I heard bus as well. We'll go with trains. A tropical location. Hawaii. It's good. Okay, uh, famous athlete. Usain Bolt. I like that. Someone on the front row said Adam Johnson, so... I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I won't use that one in here, but it's, it's in here for later. Thank you. Um, a famous actress, Scarlett Johansson is the first one I heard. I heard Sandra Bullock as well. You know what? We'll just use both of them. How about that? We'll see how this works out. Um, a computer program like Microsoft, Word. Someone said DOS. Oh my goodness. 
phenomenal. Uh, famous actor. Kevin Costner. Um, someone who's considered a genius. Someone said Nick Saban. I'm not even. Someone else said Einstein. Uh, a championship sports team. I heard the Braves and the Dogs, two reigning champions. I'll put the Braves in there. That's great. Plus, we need them to win tonight and tomorrow night, right? Go Braves. <clears throat> All right, last one. A good luck charm. Rabbit's foot. Okay. All right, let's see how we did. All right. See, is that all of them? Okay, that's all of them. Are you guys ready? Here we go. This is what we sometimes do with prayer. You know, probably not any of us in in this room, but you know, sometimes people do this. Uh, Dear your majesty, God, can you please make my life work out as smooth as a McDonald's apple pie? (laughs) See how it didn't work as well? Like Chick-fil-A milkshake or a blizzard might've been a little bit better there. Here we go. My job is as rocky as a K jeweler's. Some of y'all will get that in a second. Um, Can you quickly make my company the next Coca-Cola so that I can get hit with a train full of money and retire to Hawaii? Oh, and about my family. Can you make my son the next Usain Bolt? My daughter as beautiful as Scarlett Johansson or Sandra Bullock and make them both as obedient as Microsoft Word. Help my wife, help her perception of me specifically. May she see me as handsome as Kevin Costner, as intelligent as Einstein, and as successful as the Atlanta Braves. I ask all this in the power of all the rabbit's feet that I can muster. Amen. You guys did an awesome job. Give yourselves a round of applause. It's really, really good. So we're talking about prayer, and today I want to start with this idea right here, that uh, we, we, can, we, strive, we strive for independence in every season of life. You ever notice this? If you have kids, you've definitely noticed it. Um, a couple years ago, our youngest was about uh, one, maybe he was 18 months. He, he, he got really sick and had this respiratory thing going on, and so we had to use a nebulizer. You've seen one of these before. It's the machine that's really, really loud, but it like mists the, the medicine and they're able to breathe it in. It's supposed to open up their lungs and help them. And so we're having to use a nebulizer on our youngest and we're starting to set the whole thing up. And our three-year-old, he was three at the time, Jet, he said, hey, I wanna, I wanna help out in this. I mean, it was a pretty involved process. And he's like, I wanna help, I wanna help. We said, okay, buddy, come here. You know, we kind of help him kind of start to put the thing on his brother. And, you know, we were thinking he'd just wanna do one or two things. And, and then we were gonna kind of take over the, the majority of the process, because again, it's pretty involved. And, and so as Kelly and I kind of started to take over to make sure that things set up correctly and running correctly, Jack kind of pulled the machine away and he said, no, I'm the director of this machine. <laughs> and that was a direct quote. I'm the director of this machine. And I, I'm sure you have stories of your kids uh, doing this. You, you might even be able to think back to when you did this as a kid. But the reality is we... we we, we strive for independence in every season of life. We see it in children and then children grow up to be teenagers 
And teenagers obviously spend the majority of their time time trying to break away and be independent and do their own thing. And then we get to college and we have a sense of independence, but a lot of us are still relying on dad and mom to pay the tuition bill every single semester. And so we're not really independent there, uh, but we strive for it. We long for it. We get into our adult years and we pursue it there in our career when we buy our first home and you know the different things that come to us in life. And, and then as we get older and we're starting to not be able to do some of the things that we were doing when we were younger, what do we say? Hey, I, I can still do this. Let me do this myself. We, we strive for independence in every season of life. And as we're diving into this today, we need to be on the same page. I wanna define independent for us, but this is the way Webster's defines it. That independent is just not depending on another for livelihood or subsistence. Excuse me, subsistence. The Mad Lib gave me just fits there. I think it's the thing that messed me up. But with with this definition, if you think about it, we continually strive for independence, continually strive for independence, yet we are always dependent. Based on that definition, we're always dependent on someone else. Even though we pursue or try to achieve independence, we're always dependent. Dependent. And if you are pushing back or you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know if I agree with this, let's just take an independence quiz together. Can we do this? I've designed a few questions that might help us determine, are we really independent or not? Here's the first question. Do you do your own banking? Or do you bury your money in a mayonnaise jar in the backyard? If you do that, you probably shouldn't give out your address here today at church, Okay. No, all of us in here, we're dependent on our bank or we're dependent on whatever you know, company keeps our money. Here's another one. Do you grow your own food? And uh, growing a few peppers or tomatoes in a garden behind your home that you occasionally eat, that doesn't count here. I, I mean, do you grow all of your own food? Do you bake all of your own bread? I'm assuming the answer is no, because you're here this morning. <laughs> No, no, we're, we're, all, we're all dependent. We're dependent on Costco, aren't we? Here's another one. Are you your own doctor? And if you answer yes to this, please tell me that you are in fact a medical doctor. We can reel off a bunch of these. Are you your own plumber? Are you your own electrician? Are you your own accountant? And you may say, no, no Adam, I do my own taxes. I do my own taxes. Yeah, with TurboTax. You're dependent on TurboTax. So I think you're, you're getting the picture now, but if, if someone has maybe been able to check yes to all of those so far, here's, here's one that should kind of sum it up for all of us. Do you need oxygen? Yeah. Newsflash, you can see where I'm heading with this. You are not independent. I am not independent. We're not ultimately independent. And you, you may say to yourself, well, Adam, I, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm dependent on my accountant, sure. I need a doctor, yeah. And yeah, I need oxygen, sure. I've got to breathe to live and that whole thing. But I make my own decisions. I'm, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I'm, I'm independent. Interesting thing is with that is that research shows overwhelmingly that our decisions are a result of a lot of things that are outside of our control. They're a result of the environment that we grew up in. If we were born on the other side of the planet and grew up in a totally different culture, we'd be making much different decisions than we make and we're making today. It's a result of heredity and what's getting passed down through the generations from our grandparents and great-grandparents. It's a result of biology. 
Research is pretty clear on it. Not to mention the research that's been done over the last decade in regards to social media and advertising and how that's affecting our decision-making. Did you know this, that, that uh, the, the U.S. last year spent $155 billion with a B on advertising? And that's just in the U.S. And you know what that means? You know what that means? It means that they are making decisions for us. If they're spending that much money, it's because it's affecting the decisions that we're making. So they're making decisions for you. They're making decisions for me. They're making decisions for us. So independence is an illusion. We think we have it. We think we attain it, but we do not. It's an illusion. And it's an illusion that we all strive for. We all want it in our own way, in our own style. It may look different for you than it does for someone else, but we pursue independence in our own way. And it's an illusion that can make us prideful. We pursue it in, in any success we have in achieving it makes us prideful, it puffs us up. Which is interesting because the thing that we're prideful over doesn't even really exist. Because of this, it means that it's an illusion that can hinder relationships. It can stifle gratitude. If we think that we're doing it, if we think that we're independent, it can keep us from seeing and being grateful for all that others are doing for us. And most importantly, for those of us in the room today who would consider ourselves Jesus followers or Christians, we put our faith in Jesus. Independence is an illusion that will limit our connection with God. So to recap, independence is an illusion that makes us prideful, hinders relationships, stifles gratitudes. Gratitude limits our connection with God and uh-oh, we all strive for it. We all run after it in life. And this is the bad news. But there's good news that comes along with this as well. Independence is an illusion, but dependence is inevitable. It's inevitable. Now you may hear that or see that and go, wait a second, that, that doesn't sound like good news. But here's the good news, is that once we come to terms with this, once we accept this, that dependence is going to be inevitable in our lives, we can direct where our dependence goes, who we are dependent on, what we are dependent on. And that makes all the difference. Jesus uh, addressed this idea in the most famous prayer in the history of the world. It's the prayer that we're looking at in this series. In this series, it's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins talking about prayer. And then he just really directly and clearly says this, this then. This then is how you should pray. You know it. Even if you're not a Christian, not a church person, you know it. You could probably quote it. And that's part of the problem is that we've said it so many times that, that we really make it about words that we're just reciting versus actually living differently as a result of it. But as we're seeing in the series, it's not just words, it's a way of life. It's more than words. And we started it last week with just the first two words. It didn't, didn't get any, anywhere past the first two words, our Father. And again, if you've not seen week one, go back, watch it again, because Jesus was saying, hey, knowing who you're praying to matters. 
And Jesus was saying, if you get this part wrong, the rest of the prayer falls apart. You can say the same words. You'll just say them in an entirely different way. So we started here with our father, that he's present, that he provides. He genuinely delights in us. He's gentle. He also sees the bigger picture. He's gonna say no to us sometimes because he can see the bigger picture. That's the God that we're praying to. And we've got to start there. And then Jesus continues, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to touch on this briefly in a couple of different parts. We're going we're gonna to move pretty fast by, but next week, I'm going to give you a paraphrase of the entire Lord's Prayer. And we're going to give you a unique way to take it home with you and keep it in front of you throughout the week. So definitely do not miss next week. But real quick, hallowed be your name. This simply means that you're awesome. You're great. You're the greatest. You're set apart. And why is he set apart? Well, it's because he's our father. This prayer will build on itself as it goes along. Once we see God properly, our logical next step is to say, hallowed be your name. God, you're the greatest. You're set apart. There's no one like you. Then he continues and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's essentially saying, help our ways be your ways. Help our ways be your ways. God, the life that I'm going to live today, the decisions that I'm gonna make, the thoughts that I'm gonna think, the actions that I'm gonna take, let them be like you. Why? Again, because you're so great. You're the greatest. You're our father. So let your ways be my ways. Let my life look like your life. And then we come to what looks like the first request in the prayer. So far, it's been all about God. Our Father, our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And then Jesus says, give us. To which we think, okay, you know, this, this is what I'm used to doing in prayer, okay? I think, I think I can get this part right. I know how to ask for things. This part comes really, really easily. This first century audience might've been sitting there going, okay, give us, okay, great. Okay, what, what's Jesus gonna ask for? Is he going to ask for like a new donkey? Uh, is he going to ask for the first century version of Air Jordans? You know, is he going to ask for the winning lotto numbers? It seems like that would help us out. We're all pretty poor. And like, if we could just hit it big in the Jerusalem lottery, like we would be set and wouldn't have to worry about anything. And so he says, give us, and they're kind of sitting on their seats. And, and he says, give us today. You, you know the prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Which was probably not very exciting to them. It's not very exciting to us. We're thinking, wait, daily bread, really? Like, if God is so powerful, can't we ask for anything? And, and if we're gonna ask for anything, wouldn't we wanna ask for something more than just daily bread? Can't it at least be a daily steak? I mean, Jesus, I'm gluten-free. I can't even have bread. But Jesus is actually not modeling a request here. He's not showing us how to say, give me. He's modeling something else. And if this prayer is more than words, if it's a lifestyle, then what lifestyle is Jesus modeling for us right here? Well, his first century audience, when, when he said bread, they would, they would have really thought about food in general. Um, bread really equals all food. I mean, it's what they ate most of the time anyway. 
But again, this word would have just referred to food in general. And, and when he says daily bread, he's really modeling the lifestyle of first century workers. They were paid one day at a time. So you would get up, you would go find work, you would work that day, you would get paid your day's wages and you would use that money to go buy food for that day. Also, there was no refrigerators. There was no way to keep food long-term. You needed it daily. Most people needed it daily. So Jesus is teaching, Jesus is teaching his first century audience to acknowledge that daily bread comes from God. Their sustenance, their survival ultimately comes from him. He's saying, this is how you should pray. And not just how you should pray, but, but how you should live. Your mindset, your mindset, your lifestyle should be that your daily bread comes from God. You may end up finding some today. And when you do, I want you to know that, I want you to acknowledge that it comes from your heavenly father. It may look like you did it. I mean, you may think to yourself, you know, I'm the one that got up this morning and I went and found, you know, the field to work in and I worked a full day and I got paid and I went and found the bread and I bought the bread. But Jesus is saying, no, you need to see that your daily bread comes from God. Now for us today, uh, this doesn't necessarily have the same effect. I mean, there, there is some food insecurity in our community and we take it very seriously. We partner with nonprofits to help out with it. We do big food drives throughout the year, but for the vast majority of people in this room, the vast majority of people watching online today, listening to this at some later time. Not only do we have food for today, but we have food for tomorrow and next week and next month. And if the pantry somehow runs out or the refrigerator gets empty, we know exactly where we would go to get more food. So, so this doesn't relate to us as much as it did Jesus's audience in the first century. And that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important to see this prayer as more than words. If he was just giving us words to pray, it wouldn't have the same effect on us as it did on his original audience. So if this is more than words, if it's a lifestyle, then what is Jesus modeling for us in this? When he says, give us today our daily bread, he is essentially telling them, acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge our dependence. Now, again, this is hard for us. We don't necessarily like showing weakness or neediness, especially in the country that we live in as we pursue our own independence, as we pursue the American dream. And I'm all for the American dream that you can become whatever you wanna become if you put that grit and that determination behind it. But in pursuing that, we will be running away, running in the opposite direction of this. We, we, we fight our weakness. We resist acknowledging our weakness. One of my good friends who's a pastor here for many years at North Point as well, Tim Cooper, he used to always say this, that the dependent version of you is the best version of you. It's also the one you'll fight the most. We fight it. We fight the dependent version of us. But the reason why it's the best version of us is because it connects us to our heavenly Father. You see, the less dependent that we are on God, the more disconnected we'll be from God. 
The less dependent we are on him, the more disconnected we will be from him. And this is why Jesus is encouraging us to pray this way, to live this way. He knows it'll keep us connected to our heavenly father. And as a Christian, it's actually only logical to think about it this way because at the core of our belief, we think that he took care of our greatest need that we'll have in our entire life when he sent his son Jesus to the cross to die for our sins and to be raised again so that we could be forgiven and, and be in relation, relationship with him for eternity. He took care of the biggest need. Yet sometimes we treat it like, okay, God, you take care of that and I'll take care of this over here. But Paul even addresses that in Romans eight thirty two. He says that he who gave his son up for us He didn't spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him faithfully give us all things? Paul's saying, it's not just, hey God, you take care of that and I'll take care of the rest. God, you take care of my eternal salvation, my my forgiveness of sin and I'll handle all these other things. No, Paul is saying, and Jesus is saying, no, it's a continual relying on and relationship with our father. That's what Jesus is getting at. The less dependent you are, the more disconnected you will be. If we don't need him, then what's connecting us? What's keeping us abiding in him, walking in him, leaning into him? It's the reason why Jesus modeled this prayer for us. Give us today our daily bread. So how can we pray this prayer today. If bread's not going to do it, if it's not going to have the impact on our mind and our heart and our soul, like it did for the first century audience, how can we pray this prayer? Here's my paraphrase. Give us today our daily bread means I need you. Meet my need today and help me see you doing it. I need you. Just confess, admit your need. Again, this is not a request. This is a confession. So God, I confess, I need you today. I need you. We, we may not even know specifically where we need him. We may feel like everything's kind of buttoned up and I got everything under control and it's all moving in a good direction. But just to be able to pause and go, God, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know where I need you, but I know I need you today. Confess your need to him. Acknowledge your dependence on him and then ask him to meet it. God, meet my need today. And today's so important because it puts a a regular continual connection in our lives. Um, it's, it's similar to, if you've ever known anyone that's gone through the 12 step program, they, they use this phrase one day at a time. One day at a time, one day at a time. And it's the idea that I don't need to worry about tomorrow or next week or next month. I just need to take my recovery one day at a time. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful philosophy. It's the same philosophy that Jesus is modeling in this prayer. It's daily. It's continual. It's not just a check-in. It's not like, oh no, I got everything together. We good? Yeah, we good, God? Okay, yeah, I got it all over here. No, it's, it's continually looking in that direction. 
for the folks in the first century, that, that, that bread would have, would have been so visible to them. It would have been so visible to them. They would have seen it and, and it being daily would have constantly reminded them of it. And so that's why we finish by saying, help me see you doing it. God, I need you and meet my need today. But don't stop there. Help me see you doing it. Help me see you doing it. When they saw daily bread in the first century, after following Jesus, after learning to institute this in their lives, it built their confidence in God. Every time they came to another meal, every time they had another bite of bread, it stirred gratitude in them. Stirred awe in them. They began to worship in that moment. And when we see him meeting needs in our lives, the same thing happens. It brings our relationship with him alive. And it makes it personal. When we pray this, help me see you doing it. It it brings our attention and our awareness to where God might be showing up in a personal, in a specific way. And the important thing about that is it may look different for you when God meets your need than it does for your neighbor, for your friend, for your coworker, maybe even somebody in your own family. God's gonna meet your need in a specific, in a personal way. And when you see that, it's gonna blow your faith up. In fact, nothing grows our faith more when we see God move in a personal and specific way in our lives. So this week, this week, let's pray this prayer. Admit your need. God, I need you. Ask him to meet it today. I need you, Lord, meet my need today. And God, show me, help me see you doing it. When you do this, you are directing where your dependence will lie. Again, you will be dependent. I will be dependent. Independence is an illusion. So the question is on who will we be dependent? On what will we be dependent? And when we pray this prayer, rather than having external circumstances or just how our week's going, determine the direction of our lives, rather than having to lean into our circumstances being the foundation of our lives and everything kind of being buttoned up and going smoothly, rather than leaning into our biology and being dependent on what's being passed down through the generations, rather than being dependent on the news or the social media. When we pray this prayer, we direct our dependence to our heavenly father. And we say above everything else, above everything else, God, I am dependent on you. And yet it may look like I need all these other things and I do lean into all these other things, but ultimately God, my dependence lies on you. This is what following Jesus looks like. Setting our dependence on him rather than the things of this world. So as we close today, I want us all to pray this together. We'll put it up here all in one. So it says, Father, I need you. Meet my needs and help me see you doing it. 
Can we just all pray this together as we close our time together? Eyes open, your heads don't need to be bowed, but let's just all pray this together. Father, I need you. Meet my needs and help me see you doing it. Let's pray that again. Father, I need you. Meet my needs and help me see you doing it. One more time. Father, I need you. Meet my needs and help me see you doing it. Let's pray that this week. Let's live in his direction this week and lean into him. On your way out, we're um, gonna put a QR code up on the side screen. Some of you have already joined in. Uh, many of you have uh, joined into the daily videos that we're doing that go along with this series. And uh, they'll pick up again tomorrow morning. You get a text to your phone and you click the link and it brings the video up. It's about a five to seven minute video. And it's a way to just make this content a little more personal and to dive a little bit deeper into it. So uh, if you wanna join in on that, we would love for you to. And again, that website and the QR code will be up here on the screens as you leave. Uh, just a spoiler alert, tomorrow's video, I'm gonna do a magic trick. So you may wanna sign up to get the video tomorrow morning. Um, but uh, we hope you'll join in with that. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday as we wrap up this series more than words. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.